Hello, and welcome back to another episode of North Khaki Chat. I'm your host, Craig Tone, and this is my co-host, Curtis McCoy. What's up, yo? This week, we want to talk about that so-called representation among the supers going on now in Hollywood. All them shows they're making. Talk about that police reform and loads of money being spent by the state. Are they putting it in the right places? We'll find out. And finally, the true meaning of critical race theory. Should it be taught or should it not be? Now, let's take a sip of the Kool-Aid and have ourselves a little North Cack Chat. Let's go. Today I had a vision. They say when you do something you love, it's never work. I say no, it's not true. (laughs) I also say that historically white characters should probably stay historically white. It's just how it is, man. (laughs) Hey, man. I mean... Curtis is worried about the funding for the government. They're using it to equip an inept police force. Need to get out of that. Get out of that. So let's start off today talking about the tokenization of Superman. (laughs) Recently... In the news, there's been a lot of uh, a pickup about Michael B. Jordan and this Black Superman project that he's working on. He's working on it. I don't know if he's going to star in it. He hasn't said that much, but uh, it's going to be a Black Superman. It's been confirmed that he's going to take the Val Zod route. Um, there was also an Oprah interview that said he was going to take on Calvin Ellis. Oh and come on, man! It's 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 different. Black Superman. There's there's multiple Black Superman over different universes and their whole multiverse thing that they got going on because that's what they got to do to make sure that they can tokenize characters. Mm-hmm. But uh, quite literally, if he had went the Calvin Ellis route, that might have been worse. Valzad's a little bit better. You know, Calvin Ellis is literally Cal El with just a little bit of twang on it. <laughs> they got the same story. Starting out, but you know, Calvin Ellis was uh, was president, so he came about when Barack Obama got elected, right? So it's kind of emulating Barack Obama in the fact that Superman is the president and he's making all these choices and saving the world and stuff. Valzad is a little bit different. The uh, his origin story, he still comes from Krypton. He still has powers of regular Krypton and stuff like that. A Kryptonian, my bad. Um, but he basically got sent off with Superman and then three other individuals from Krypton before it got destroyed, mm-hmm. you know, and then they all land on Earth and they go through their own stories. And it's, it's similar to start out with the difference between Valzad and Clark Kent, obviously Superman, is that uh, Calvin Ellis was taken in and he was kind of it's kind of put in a uh, hidden away from civilization. So he's, he's really smart. And he, he likes to, uh, he's got above average intelligence, but the big, the big difference in their like powers, their powers are basically all the same. The only thing is the intelligence, but his one weakness was that he was afraid of open spaces because he had been enclosed for so long. So him being out in the open was uh, his differentiating factor. 
but it doesn't change the fact that he still came out and quite literally replaced Superman, right? Superman had been been taken and they uh they went to him to get that superpower back, you know, bolster their line, so to speak. And in the end, it still ended up with him replacing Superman. So it's quite literally him being black Superman. <laughs> He's like, we lost the other one, so we're going to put you in here. So my question is, where does the story start and how does it kind of spring off to so many different Supermans? Or was this just part of the story that there it was never one Superman. It's no, always it's, been No, they're making a play on the different universes thing. So like the Superman that you knew, you loved and you grew up was that Superman. You know, but in another universe it's a different kind of Superman. You know, they're basically doing that stuff. Kind of like Marvel does it. But it, it's still the same stuff. They only do it so they can put I guess their own spin on things, you know, and it really takes away from some of the stuff that has historically been what they're trying to achieve. Right? <laughs> like, uh, just saying it, but you know, DC publishes milestone comics stuff, right? They just yeah. started a new, new series of the milestone comics, which I wouldn't read because they, they're changing the stories and stuff like that. But, Milestone Comics started out as a, a historically like black way to get back into the industry, right? A group of men saw that there wasn't enough black representation in comic books as far as the mainstream goes. There had always been comic books with black superheroes and stuff like that, but not like on the main, main line. It was always just Marvel and DC. Technically, Milestone was published by DC. They're now owned by DC, but they were their own publishing company. And uh, they had a lot of a lot of popular black superheroes. The most notable being Static. Later on, known as Static Shock from like the cartoons and stuff. People of yeah. my age would know who Static Shock is. But he was really just Static. And uh, one of the characters that they came up with his his name is uh icon right he's kind of like kind of like the the superman equivalent but he's not right so he as far as it goes he's an alien he comes from space too he's an alien he's on this ship in the first comic you see he's on the ship and this ship is like exploding he's got to get he's getting to a pod and he gets ejected from it and it crash lands on earth right and uh he crash lands on a southern plantation, right? So you see though, you see the light works and you see the fireworks from the explosions and stuff like that. And then this this slave woman goes to his pod and finds him there. His spaceship oh. Yeah, his spaceship automatically turns him into like the first living being that finds him, I guess you can say, because since it was a slave that found him, he turned out to be african-american when he came out and he got reduced to a baby i don't understand the whole part of that because he was a grown alien and he went down to a baby but that's fine uh, that's that's not uh that's not too bad for me yeah but uh but throughout these comics you know he's been through 
those situations that you go through as an African-American, right? So he lived in the slave times. He went through Harlem Renaissance. He went through the freedom of black people and all this stuff. And uh, it really cuts to the point where now when the comic starts out, he's a lawyer with a law firm, right? And it gets really in-depth because Icon, he, he has... He has the invulnerability, the super strength, and all that stuff that Superman has, but it's not quite to the degree of Superman. And like when I, when I, I'll start going over some of the stuff that happens so you can kind of know what I'm talking about, where he, he's not a direct match to Superman, right? But it's a parallel. So as far as him being an alien and crash landing on Earth, that's where the, the changes stop. Right. So he by now he's gone through iterations. He's been going through and kind of playing his son as the ages went on. So nobody be suspicious. So he's like now the fourth. He, he was the first and then he went on to the fourth and all this stuff. So just going through the family lineage, he's been playing his his son since he got to Earth and was growing up. So he can go through those cycles again. Um, and. So we cut back. He's he's a lawyer, right? In this high rise in city of Dakota. Because it's, it's, their city is called Dakota. It's not like Metropolis. <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's living on the, the high society side. He's he's way above the the normal levels for back then. This was made in the 90s, ran from 93 to 97. So a lot of the parallels you see there is a lot of the black people were in the bad neighborhoods the low income families were in the projects and stuff like that. And the one, one place is called uh, Paris Island, which is where most of the project stuff happens, you know, cause the fancy city is separated from the lower income city. Like they even have a bridge that was destroyed connecting those two things. Mm-hmm. And uh, in this event called the big bang, they killed a lot of gang members and gave the leftover remaining people superpowers. The bridge was destroyed. And, uh, so now it's separated and you have to go through other means to get there. But in uh, his city, there's this group of teens that go out there. And uh, one of the teens in there is named Raquel. And it goes through her story. Like, it's a story about Icon, right, being told. But it's from Raquel's view, who is a young African-American lady who's growing up in the projects. Right? So the name on the comic is Icon but it's really about this young lady and you'll, and I'll go through the first comic so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. Um, after it cuts through showing him in this high rise building where he works as a lawyer, it cuts to Raquel, right? A young girl goes into details about her and how she wants to be a writer. And, uh, so she's in the car with the three friends and her friends got that idea you know in the projects you want to come up so there was a big uh, a big event going on and one of her friends wanted to take advantage of that and go rob some houses in the rich part of town you know so they end up going there and this is where you first meet Icon because the house that they rob is his house and they're taking stuff and all this stuff and then you you kind of see her her perspective from it she wasn't there to steal anything right she said that she didn't want anything until she got to his study 
where all of his books and all of his knowledge and his computer was. She was like, she never wanted something so bad. And then that's where you, you see the first glimpse of the black teenagers walking in his house. When they first meet him, they thought he was the butler. <laughs> He's like, man, I know we ain't trying to, we ain't trying to be out here killing people tonight. You just go on. We just want what you, we just want what your white owner has. <laughs> he was like, you're mistaken, son. It's mine. <laughs> And like you, you go through some of the aspects, you know, some people are so out of tune with what's going on in the world that uh, they can be oblivious to what's going on on the other half, you know? So if you got a good, doesn't necessarily mean that the majority of other people got a good just cause you got out. Yeah. You out. Yeah. Right. But these are the kind of characters that they're trying to put into action under popular names, right? Instead of trying to build up characters like Icon and Rocket, which is Raquel's superhero name after she convinces Icon to use his powers for good, after she witnesses him like deflecting bullets and taking bullets and flying and stuff like that. Like I guess there's a part in the first comic where she's she's running, she says she's never been so scared in her life, right? And she'd always felt grounded until she saw him take off and fly right and then that's when she knew that she had to do something right that was her purpose because she was she was I don't want to say afraid to write books but she was trying to write books but she had never experienced anything in her life mm -hmm. and then seeing Icon or Augustus at this at this moment take off to fly kind of like inspired her ignited her whole life you know and so he lets them off with a warning, right? He doesn't turn them in. They all leave. She comes back and then she gives them paper with like their costumes and stuff on there and tries to explain to him why he should be using his powers for good to help the people in the projects, right? And uh, he passes it off at first. He sends her away and then a couple weeks later, he comes back with the suits that she had drawn and gives her this, gives her her suit. And it bestows power upon her and she becomes Rocket. And it's really interesting to see it from this perspective. Right? I know I've been talking for a while, but <laughs> I'm no, going to try to speed it up. No, no, no. I'm trying to speed it up. But uh, their first encounter is with another African-American guy who's a bad guy, right? He was in the Big Bang. The mayor of the city is also African-American. And so this guy had went to the big meetup to try and warn everybody to get out of the area where they were going to release this tear gas that turned into the Big Bang where it killed a bunch of gangsters and gave young people superpowers. Mm -hmm. And he was one of the ones that survived. So he was there and he started showing, he was trying to show the mayor what she had did to him and trying to convince her to tell everybody what she had done to those poor people. Um, that was That's what was going on the inside. On the outside, however, it's a completely different story, right? Because it was Icon's first appearance. And you know, 
they they come to this place and there's like cops swarming every everywhere outside. So what do you what do you think the first intuition should be for him as a superhero? Right? The color of his skin, you're flying around, they ain't never seen you before. Like you the first thing your your impression is you go in light, right? But uh he's talking to Raquel <laughs> or Rocket and, and she's like, What are you gonna do? Go down there and and start talking to these people? <laughs> he was like, Yeah, that's exactly what I'm gonna do. <laughs> you can only imagine like the kind of chaos that ensues. He flies down there and he's trying to talk to these people. He's like, Hey officer, I'm here to help you out. And the officer was like, You can help me out by putting your hands up. <laughs> <laughs> On the ground. Oh, so that that was his first wake up call right after he had been through all that stuff and he thought he got out of it but at the end of the day that was his moment like no you still are a black man and you and you're suspicious around these these cops yeah (laughs) you can't just be going in there and like trying to talk all nice (laughs) and that's where the first book ends right the next book it goes into how they he, he he was complying with the officers and stuff, and then Rocket didn't do that, and they started shooting at him and all this stuff. And she's gonna fly off the handles because you know she's a teenager, and that's what teenagers do, right? She understands the situation that she's in, unlike him, right? They put him in the truck, and then she starts fighting out and and doing all the crazy stuff, and then it reveals her power, which is like a a, a repulsion power. It takes force and then transfers it back into force. So every time she gets shot, it builds up force and then she can unleash that force into like into her punches, kicks and flying and stuff like that. And uh, it's just generally interesting to see all this stuff like they go through periods of of racial racial problems and growing up as a young lady, because after the first segment in the story, it turns out that Icon is it's telling her that she needs to be on the sidelines because she turns out to be pregnant, right? That's that's another demographic that you can hit. That she's a an African American teenager who's pregnant with a baby. Triple whammy. Yep, and it it turns out that he's correct. She goes and gets pregnancy tests and stuff like that, and then the realization of her in that situation comes up because her mother was the same way. Damn. Right, and she doesn't want to tell her mother. And so her grandma comes out there to kind of console her, and she and it goes through the whole talk of do you do you really want to have this baby and stuff like that without actually saying it. But you know her grandma's like, I don't want to raise another kid because he was raising her, so you better be prepared to take responsibility. Yeah. So that's another demographic. Like these are, and it's typical typical stuff in these comics that tackle these issues, like being in the project and trying to trying to get out and make something better of yourself it even goes into like interracial relationships and stuff like that so far as as static goes if you go into those comics but specifically for Icon it's a a parallel for Superman that can be used instead of Superman that they don't take advantage of and I don't really understand why not right I understand that Superman is like a, a major pop culture icon like you everybody wants to be Superman right yeah. And not most people most people don't know about Icon. But that's because they don't tell people about Icon. <laughs> right? So I mean 
sometimes I feel like it's it's just me being me, but is it okay to call out tokenization? Like, like am I wrong for calling out tokenization when I see it? And, no, no, I don't. I think you're absolutely right. I think they need to. How about um, looking at icon stretching out that instead of changing another character? Like, I mean, it, it loses something when you changes a character name, where he lived at. You know what I'm saying? Coming up, and maybe it's not important to other people, but for real diehard die people who grew up on Superman, watching Superman, this is who he, he's been the whole time. Um, and not to say that he, he he can't be black or he can't be Muslim or he can't be so and so and so, but we know Superman all our life as being the white guy, the good looking guy. He looked kind of like me with the hair and stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> Why change it? You know, um, I don't know. Do you think they're trying to please a certain group? Oh, they are. I mean, when I look at like some of the the people talking about it, like because I, I went and I looked at it to see what other people's opinions are, and they're like, "Well, there's nothing wrong with it, guys. We're getting a black Superman. At least we're getting a black Superman." And I'm like, "Is that okay to say you're getting a black Superman? You're just gonna settle for that?" <laughs> It's a black man in white shoes, huh? Like, I gotta, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm looking at if, it like you, and I huh. think if people look at not to cut y'all crazy, but if people look at just the deeper part of it, and, and is that all you want? Is a black Superman? <laughs> because they sitting back, they think hell. If it was this season, we, we should have done this shit a long time ago. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they I mean, even... I'm being honest. Not even taking time. You just hand it to the guy here. Color that black. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, come on, man. Like, they're not even spending five minutes in a room together thinking about how to do it. They just putting shades of color on them. I mean, why, could, <laughs> why couldn't he, if they really wanted to tackle a, a, a certain issue, why not tackle all the issues? Why not say that Superman had a brother that was black? You know what I'm saying? Maybe his dad was messing around. I don't know, man. I'm just making up stuff, man. I don't know. But right, they, but they try to take the pop culture icons, right, and insert them into situations that they don't normally get put into. Yeah. Right. At least with icon, these situations are already there naturally. You don't have to force it in there. Right. 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 And if you do try to force it in there, it's going to look even more awkward <laughs> because right. it's already there. Like. And it's and nuanced. It, it's not like punching you right in the face. It get it thinks you're intelligent, right? Yeah. It doesn't pull you around. It knows that you're smart enough to know what these situations look like. And it allows you to discern what they are. And it's not just somebody saying, oh, I'm black. I know you're going to shoot me, but please don't. Yeah. Like they do in a lot of these things, right? It, it, it tells you that you're, this is what's going to happen to you. And this, these are some ways to react to it. And then these are the endpoints of it, right? So if Icon and Rocket are together, Icon goes and sees a bunch of cops. He trusts them. He's a lawyer. He believes they're going to do their job. Rocket, on the other hand, is from the projects. And she knows that they're not 
they're not necessarily good people and when they see you they're not going to act correctly like these are two different situations in the same place that that can be tackled together these are things that people actually feel and experience you're right in it and both of them come from the same side essentially right but it doesn't just hit you up in the head right it goes through the whole sequence of this this and this it's not like oh he lands on the ground and starts to get shot at and he's like why are they shooting at me and then somebody in the background like that guy who's sitting behind the police tape in the back he's like cause you're black <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and see I, I, I think that you're getting people to think too you're getting people to think because when you first said it people are not understanding oh why he saying we shouldn't have a black uh, superman no <laughs> you gotta really think you gotta think cause and effect and why you can't always accept a hundred dollars when they stand around the corner with a million dollars and say, yeah, hey, he took it, he took it, let's go on. You can't, you, you got to think about the long-term effect of what's going on and how they doing this. Uh, and not, don't try to, don't try to please me, you know, uh, and I don't want just a hundred dollars, you know. Yeah. Give me the full story of Icon, Rocket, you know, let me let's let's discover that before we start saying that oh he fell asleep white and woke up black whoa (laughs) what's wrong with superman yeah you know these are characters that were created with this stuff in mind that they want to they want to tokenize to right these characters are already there they already existed the stories are already laid out Right. And it may take a little extra work to get people right. to say, oh, yeah, we can go ahead and put these characters on screen because, you know, you have to go at people with the right plan in mind and all this stuff and talk. You can't just put cash down on it, you know, but nobody's willing to do that extra work to get you what you deserve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that goes a long way, Craig. That goes a long way once you start really. And I want people to really kind of think about what Craig is saying and what he is representing as far as, I don't want to say the other word, what just came to my mind, <laughs> but I just want to say that don't accept the first thing that, that's handed to you with anything. Believe me, it's a better offer on the table. Always ask, you know what I'm saying? Because if you... And I know a lot of people want to say, oh, yeah, this is there. Is that all you want? Because if you, if you accept this, next thing you know, the Kente is going to be white. <laughs> and then what we going to do? Yeah. My name's Steven. <laughs> you know, I mean, at some point you got to say, whoa, 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 bro. Leave that as it as it is. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, like they say, you know, they started this thing with the kids pulling their pants up and kids pull your pants up and walk around here like grown men. And they were going to enforce this law, but be careful with that. So you don't have to worry about that too much more, you know, because they're starting to put out dresses for men. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I'm sure those ones who wear the pants sagging, they're going to get them some. But yeah, yeah, you got to be careful with that, with those rules, because as soon as they make a rule about pulling your pants up, what other, what what door does that open? 
you know, oh yeah, let's make a law to make everybody pull their pants up. Be careful with that <laughs> because you can open up a doorway to a never end and law on law on law. Okay, if I keep catch you spitting out the window again, that's 30 years in prison. Be careful. It can happen. Yeah, that's a good transition because it happens with a bunch of gun laws. Yeah. So take me into your your topic, Curtis. Let me, okay. Let me hear what you got to spend. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're gonna spin it on spin it on up. And my topic today is gonna be uh, police reform. Um, I know we talked about this. We may hit on some parts of police brutality, but I, I really want to talk about police reform and just uh, re-examining uh, f- uh, federal funding uh, for the police. Um, and why is it important? And what what where is this money going? Is it going if we bought like take for instance <clears throat> body cameras? Um, it should not be an on and off by uh, by the camera switch for for them to move up and down or nothing shut. It should not be. It should be when you take it off the charger, it is now on. Um, and they got enough digital space they can put chips inside that thing to carry uh, all day to the next day to the next day to the next day. Uh, because it, when you start putting the human feature into something that's supposed to be to protect using technology, humans will mess it up or human failure will mess it up. Um, and I think a lot of times the money, <clears throat> the money that's going to these police departments, buying all these armored vehicles and all this stuff that's not needed. Some of that money could be used inside the community. And I think we need to kind of readjust what this money is coming federally. You know what I'm saying? Put some of this money back into the schools, put some of this money into after school programs. Um, You know, if your mom and dad not home at this time, then you need to be getting on the after school bus. It should be free. We got enough money to make it free for all students. Um, and I think they've shown that we're just giving out money for COVID. But I think that sometimes is the police, they at the point to where they are becoming just like regular gangs uncontrollable, like the gangs in LA. Um, LA got a police gang that a lot of people don't know about. They got a, a actual police gang in LA. So some of this has to be, and some of it goes way up to the top, to lawyers, to judges, to everything. And that stuff needs to be capped off and got rid of. And they need to make some kind of rules, like the first one, banning military weapons for police. Flashbangs and all that, man, they don't need all that. They don't need all that. Search warrant. Search warrant. All that flash, they threw a flashbang on a, in a baby crib. Boom, blew him up just like that. Wow. <laughs> Killed a baby just like that. And, and obviously the officer didn't mean to do it, but he just threw it in the window and, you know, he wasn't aiming to put it in there, you know, but it just, that's what happens when you have people using these militarized weapons that they really don't need. You don't need no flashbang. This ain't Iraq. You don't need all that. The, the, uh, them flashlights they have when they pulling up behind you, you can't see nothing. 
When they pull you over and put that flashlight in that rearview mirror, you try to look back and see who it is. Man, you can't see nothing. Use a flashlight. Search warrant, put that flashlight in the window. Quit being scared. That's your job. You brave. You're an officer. That's what you're supposed to do. You know? Uh, and end, I want to end immunity for police officers who kill people unjustly. You ain't no, you know, you know, you, if you kill somebody, period, whether you got a badge on or not, if you kill somebody, you should go through the same process as everybody else to stop some of this willfully murdering people, innocent people. And I know it's a tough job. Yeah, it's a tough job, man. Somebody got to do it, but it's a tough job. It's a split second decisions. That's what they always say. But if you chasing somebody, you know that if you keep chasing this guy, this guy's going to kill somebody else flying down the road and you keep chasing him and he hit somebody, kill the whole family and himself. And then now you, 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 now you want to talk about all the felonies he got. No, man, you already got his tag. Now I'm going to let that dude go home. You know where he live at, you know, unless he got a hostage in the car or you know definitely he going to kill somebody, you know where he going, <clears throat> still you can back off. So it, it's, it, it, it comes, I don't know, I, I feel like it's no excuse to get into a serious, crazy accident where, you know, I done seen where the police car go all the way up and hit the telephone pole, and I'm talking about the top of the telephone pole, chasing yeah. somebody down the street for something simple. You know, you're you going to kill yourself or you're going to kill somebody else or kill somebody's family. And then when they kill somebody's family, well, 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 you know, this p police procedure, now they're looking at, well, we had the lights on. You didn't see the lights. Man, it, just like you say with them guns, it's a split-second decision that can cause life or death, you know. Um, and uh, I want to make it a felony. If you turn that body camera off, before you leave that scene, that should be a felony. That's tampering with evidence. I don't think that an officer should be on a crime scene, crime scene, and be able to turn, that's what I say, he shouldn't be able to turn that, that, that camera off. You tampering with evidence. And any captain that tell an officer to do that, or sergeant that tell the officer, okay, I'd have seen him on the slide, turn your camera off, turn your body camera off. If you telling an officer to do that, you are guilty too. You should be fired and you should not work for another police department ever. I don't care what care is. I don't care whether it's in Alaska. You shouldn't be able to work in a, in a police department. Craig, what's your thoughts on all this? <laughs> Sarah Palin. <laughs> yeah. Man, I, I think you're right, but also know that you're going to, you have to do it the right way too. Yeah. But I, but I want to look at the recent actions that have been going on around us, you know, like the the Charlotte area and stuff like that. Because, you know, they put bans on the tear gas and stuff like that. And they should know that it's, it's not enough. And um, they're talking about it, right? And then there's a bunch of petitions going around signing it and stuff like that demanding that schools and colleges and stuff like that kick the police out of their out of their jurisdiction you know and my only thoughts are are on that like if you get rid of all cops right 
not all cops are bad cops. You know, the people that are doing the things that you described before are the bad cops. But there's also good cops out there, cops that actively get in, involved in their community and talk with kids, talk with families and stuff like that, and actually have positive impacts on kids that are going around here. And those are the kind of people that you want to keep in there. But a lot of the uh, a lot of the talk is get rid of everybody in general, like don't give them don't give them money or anything like that. But you know, if you cut out the bad cops and stuff like that then you can reduce the budget by more than the five to 10% that people are talking about. You know, it kind of relates to what we were just talking about with the tokenization. You know, people are okay with black Superman. You okay with these small changes that you're asking for? You want schools to get rid of cops with all the kids coming in with guns and stuff that they got from their parents. Right. And who's going to protect the teachers? <laughs> the teacher, I think of it like the teachers, they might care about your kids, but they might not care about your kids, right? It's like companies, HRs, those HRs aren't there to help you, they're there to help the company, right? And, you know, a lot of teachers aren't that involved with their kids these days, right? So it's more, it's going to be more of like a, I protect myself kind of thing. Right. <clears throat> you know, um, I do agree that they need to get rid of the budget, there because they're spending all this money on different things. It needs to be more than 5%, right? There needs to be like a limit on the cops that you keep around. That way those cops get weeded out. The bad ones get weeded out, right? So if you reduce the budget by like more than half, that's going to force you to start making some cuts. And only the good ones is going to be able to stay. That's right. And then p people are going to start complaining about not enough cops around, right? That's where somebody who's a leader is going to have to go and distribute the cops where they actually need to be. Right. You can't just be on like the nice neighborhoods taking, taking the time around there. You got to put most of your people on the bad neighborhoods, get them, get them up to the roof, you know? So that redistribution is going to help out. There'll be more money for the city to build up the schools and provide better education and stuff like that. Improved them damn roads I keep driving on, all them damn potholes. Right? Don't <laughs> yeah. matter. You know? The worst. But it needs to be more than 5%. You know, you need 5 to 10%. It needs to be like 20 to 30 to 40 to 50%. You know? Reduce that down. Make it, make it where the best actually get in. So you hire the best person for the job. Don't just hire any old Joe Blow out on the street. You give them too much money so they can afford to do that. Oh, Jefferson, fresh out of high school, went to juvie a couple times, but, you know, he, he put him on the force because <laughs> he's a sheriff's son or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you, you, you're right. You're absolutely right. Um, if they would look at just the the whole structure of the whole police force get rid of the bad ones and i'm gonna say this and i'm gonna be totally honest if you're a good cop and you don't say nothing about the bad cop you are a bad cop listen yep. to me closely if you are a good cop and you don't say anything about a bad cop you are a bad cop it's no such thing 
You can't thread the line. Well, I'm a good cop. I just, you know, don't want to be sent. No, that's your job. Your job is to point out criminals. If you walk yeah. beside a criminal, just because he's walking beside you don't mean that he's the, a less criminal. He's a criminal, man. Yeah. Um, and we, we, we got to stop this blue line, blue line, blue line matter, all that mess, man. Listen, you're there to do a job. Yeah, that's what you're there to do. You get discounts on on gas, lights, water, cable, everything. You get discounts on everything. See, a lot of people don't know about that, but I'm gonna hip you to some stuff. They get discounts on all this stuff. Gas, lights, water, electric, housing. So when, when we when we start looking at police pay, yeah, they do make, you know what I'm saying, right above the kind of middle class level. But they get all these discounts. That's why they can afford to live in certain places and be a new cop. That would you be like, oh, he? I just started being a cop and he live over here. You know, that's why they can do that. <laughs> so it it has to be some reconstruction of the whole system. Um, and I'm not I'm saying cops, but I'm talking about all cops, sergeants, captains, everybody. If you are involved in turning your head to somebody who's doing wrong, or so and so choked somebody out last night, well, let's write it out as an elbow. Yep. Okay, you are a bad cop. Period. If, any, no if anything, it needs to start at the top. Yeah, because that stuff runs downhill. Exactly. It's got to start at the top. It's got to start at the top. And you know what? You're right, Craig. You're right. What good is it getting rid of some weeds? Uh, if, if, the, if you throwing down weed seeds, so yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. And if you start at the top and you want to save face, you can just be like, "Here's your here's your pension plan for turning your head." I'm, I'm not saying you need to do this. I'm just saying it's what the city could do, you know, to keep their reputation. I think it's not a great idea, but you know. How CEOs of major companies, you know, they get out of stuff like that. Like, oh, he's stepping down and they still give him his money. You know, it, yeah. it can be a way for you to force those people into retirement. Even though you should probably throw the books at him, but start at the top. Yeah. Because the people at the bottom learned it from somewhere. Exactly. Damn sure it wasn't from just doing it. <laughs> and make it hurt. If you yeah. get it if you get out here and you have over certain amount of tickets and each one of them tickets result in somebody's doing a uh, complaint about you about race or anything else and you around there and everybody know you that cop like uh, it I, just like at a job man people know who do do work people know who work right yeah say you work somebody everybody knows somebody you got one person on the job he lazy the other one he know everything the other one, all he do is stand around all day. The other one, all he do is watch people work. And then at the end, when everything's completed, he take claim for everything. So you got those type of people in the world, period. It, you know, ain't none of us perfect. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, if we seeing those, those types of traits going on inside of the uh, police department, and that's what's going on, then a lot of this stuff, I mean, it, it's got to change. It's got to change and it's got to start from the top because those are the people who making the big decisions. If the captain ain't no good, get rid of him. If the mayor is no good, get rid of him. If the governor is no good, get rid of him. 
but it all starts from the top. I mean, we, we it's not going to be done in one day. And we'll find out if we quit wasting money on, like I seen two cops riding in the car with the windows rolled up, chilling with the AC on. You know what I'm saying? Not saying you got to kill yourself, but bruh, come on, man. You need to do a some job. bicycle shorts. Yeah. You, get, you better get out on that bike. There's a pattern, get some wind. You know what I'm saying? I'm just kidding, y'all. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Y'all need that. But, you, air, but, I'm, but you know another interesting aspect of it? Instead of putting, putting money in all the lethal weapons and stuff like that, they can also put more of that stuff towards... Uh, psychiatric help right getting those people the the mental release that they need talking to people right and i think that would probably be a, a massive boost in and of itself right? right this guy just went and sat for 24 hours straight let him get eight hours of sleep come back talk to a therapist yeah you know? how was your shift last night asking questions and not just like state like state therapists that don't actually care and they're just there to get a check like get them with like a personal like therapist that's actually going to be involved in their lives you know yeah like people that are good at their crafts yeah you know take take 50 percent of that budget that you took away from them, give them 15 percent of that back for those cops that are left and put it into like world-class psychiatric help you know yeah and those good cops man get them some time off man you you can't be working no triple shifts out here go home work like how do i go create life work how do i go create work life balance <laughs> work life balance no. man i'm about me first work and wait there's always yeah. tomorrow and if you fire me then i didn't have to work <laughs> yeah me work balance you know what i'm saying you got to have some type of balance and these guys who are good cops man we burning them out man we burning we we making good cops turn to bad cops because they not they don't feel like nothing is changing man you know or you don't go with the good old boys you don't you don't get you don't get to be sergeant you don't get to be captain some of that a lot of a lot of that's got to stop man you know um but that's that's my that's my thing for this week man just just to try to be good to people um, be honest, be truthful, and just be a better person, man, for the world. I think that if each one of us take take a take a whole stand for ourselves to say, you know what, today I'm not gonna do anything but for nobody else, but be a better person for myself that affect the people around me. You will see light start to shine around you if you take all the negativity out your life. Take out all the lying. Take out all the mistrust. Start to trust some people. Seek some mental health. Let's create it. We know on this show, mental health is so important. Uh, take some time out for yourself. If you right. can't deal with a certain situation, get out. But be honest about it. Uh, talk to somebody. And if you can't talk to somebody, talk to God. And that is going to be an end to a beautiful episode. Thank you for stopping by and listening. I've been your host, Craig Tone, with my co-host, Curtis McCoy. Tonight, we hit the grinder on tokenizations in Hollywood. We also walk through the doubts that we have in our government as it kind of spends its money in places that we don't necessarily agree with. <laughs> you know, tune in next week. We talk about some critical race theory. 
should it be taught or shouldn't it be you know and then we'll also try to figure out how to brew the world's most mundane coffee Mm, that should be good yeah let's sit back don our tinfoil hats and next week we'll have ourselves a little north khaki chat good night good night